Sawbones is a show about medical history, and nothing the hosts say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. It's for fun. Can't you just have fun for an hour and not try to diagnose your mystery boil? We think you've earned it. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy a moment of distraction from that weird growth. You're worth it. All right. Tommy is about some books. One, two, one, two, three, four. Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. I'm your co-host, Sydney McElroy. And I'm your other co-host, Riley Smurl. So you may have noticed, this isn't Justin. Sorry. Again. You don't, have to, you don't have to say you're sorry. They like me better anyway. Well, they like me better. That's fair. They do, they do like you better. So um, as you may be aware, uh, it is, well, it was probably by the time you're listening to this, national podcast day uh a very important holiday for those of us who in part make our living podcasting and of course uh because it is america's i would say biggest holiday biggest holiday bigger than christmas bigger than labor day (laughs) the two big ones christmas and labor day only bigger only topped by national podcast day and as a result of course all the youth of america are assigned to a podcaster, you should know about this. Your kids were assigned to a podcaster to, you know, to learn from, to shadow, to mm-hmm. take your take your podcast protege to work day, so to speak. Because that's what we're all being taught how to do now, I guess, is just be podcasters. Listen, if you're not, it's a, I mean, it's a cool gig. It's a I ton mean, of fun. I'm wearing my PJs, drinking some hot chocolate. And we're just talking about medicine. It's great. It's great. And there are all kinds of awesome people who listen to your show. Anyway, well, I will later when we're not recording a show, I'll tell Riley about how wonderful the life of a podcaster is. Um, As if I heard, haven't heard enough about it already. <laughs> I've been trying to talk her out of being an, an actual doctor and just talking about doctory things on a podcast instead. And calling myself a doctor. Like, hey, I'm the doctor. Listen to this. <laughs> The only thing better than that would be just to, like, be Doc McStuffins, if you can swing that. I mean, I'm not a cartoon character, and I don't take care of animals, and this isn't Disney Junior. Close enough. (laughs) So, Riley was lucky enough, I think lucky enough, to be assigned to me Mm. on National Podcast, you don't think? I mean... I was kind of forced into being assigned to you. <laughs> I I think I think it's an honor and a privilege. Um, you know, you weren't you weren't cool enough, I guess, to be assigned to WTF with Mark Marin. <laughs> and you weren't strange enough to be assigned to Night Vale. That was the one I was really aiming for. Either <laughs> Night Vale or Mabim Bam. Apparently hey. I wasn't brother enough to get into Mabim Bam <laughs> and I wasn't weird enough to get into Night Vale. <laughs> Hey, listen, 
what you should have done if you if you'd had more foresight, you should have just gotten into cereal because that's really where the money is going to go. So anyway, I'll quit naming podcasts that teen girls don't listen to. <laughs> uh, so no, Riley got stuck with me. So uh, so she's here uh, in place of Justin, who I don't know, he's somewhere else. I would say I'm busy. sorry, but I know you like me better. So you're welcome. <laughs> he's too busy. Uh, I'm assuming that someone has been assigned to shadow him. Oh, gosh. And probably the boys? someone really weird. Yeah, so he got the bad end of the deal because Sydney got me. <laughs> I bet there was a huge line, though, for people who wanted to shadow Adventure Zone. Oh, I'm sure. I yeah. mean, I was on that list, too. But this is like Thanks. my fifth choice. Thanks. Good. Great. So uh, since you're here. Uh, shadowing me reluctantly, I thought that I would let you pick, you know, our topic. What do you want to, what do you want me to teach you about with all of my podcasting and medical wisdom? So Sydney, since just a few hours here, probably it has been when everyone's listening to this, things are going to start getting spooky. It's going to be October. That's right. Months of spooks and scares and haunted houses and candy. So <laughs> tell me all about the Halloween diseases. The Halloween diseases? You know, the ones you can only get on Halloween. The ones that are all about being spoopy and being scary and you can only get them on October 31st. I don't, um, who, who told you that there were Halloween diseases? We learned all about them in podcasting school. <laughs> Is that what mom told you would happen if you ate all your candy on Halloween? Maybe. Is Halloween disease the thing where you are afraid of your neighbor putting a razor blade in your apple? No, Halloween disease is the one where it's like I turn into a vampire or I turn into a werewolf. Oh. Or like everyone thinks I'm a witch. I gotcha. Okay. So um, just to clarify, do, do you actually believe that there is a medical condition that will turn you into a werewolf? Sydney, that's why I asked you the question. Okay. You don't know. Okay. So I just need to fill in this this gap in your knowledge. I'm like 90% sure there's a disease that you get that turns you into a werewolf, that you only turn into a werewolf when there is a full moon. You cannot control yourself. <laughs> and like and like all teenage girls, I'm assuming that you desperately hope there is a disease that turns you into a vampire because there are just so many cool teen vampires out because there. Because then someone like John Green would write a novel about me. <laughs> Did he write a vampire novel? Teen Girl Vampire Number Four. <laughs> I didn't know he wrote about vampires too. Everybody John writes, writes about everything. Everybody writes, yeah, everything teen girls love. Um, well, Riley, there. I don't know that I can. I can grant your wish and tell you that there are actual causes of like real, real life werewolves and vampires and whatnot. But uh, throughout history, we have had a lot of diseases that have kind of um, that have probably contributed to like these myths to mm -hmm. to what we think of as vampires and werewolves and witches. Um, so I think maybe that would would that like I mean, I don't appreciate you calling them myths because <laughs> they're actual factual. Everything is satisfactual Halloween diseases. <laughs> well, um, well, let's just go through we'll go through these. I think I think this will this will slake your thirst for bloody diseases for blood because i also have vampire disease okay happy right. halloween do, do you sparkle in the sunlight don't tell anybody okay that's cool so um there there are a lot of these myths of different we're gonna we're gonna mainly talk about werewolves and vampires and i'm gonna talk a little bit about witches but um these myths 
have been perpetuated throughout the years by I, I don't know. We don't really know, right? Like, this is all just, like, medical historians and people looking back and going, why do we think there are werewolves? Perhaps it was because we didn't understand this. So these are the most common theories as to why we why think these kinds of things exist. Um, and it's usually diseases or disorders that have a lot of kind of an unusual or just different, like a lot of different systems of the body might be affected by one thing and something that we may not have easily been able to understand hundreds and hundreds of years ago. Right, because everyone was talking about the hip new Halloween diseases. It was right. the first time anyone had ever talked about them, so everyone thought they were real. <laughs> and now you're crushing their dreams back in the, you know the 16th century these time traveling people from the 16th they're century they're listening to our podcast right now sydney and you're making them really sad <laughs> it's october the spoopiest month of the whole year and you're making them sad uh, i appreciate that i think you're saying spoopy and i'm gonna i'm gonna insist that you continue saying that that's what the word is it's spoopy <laughs> s-p-o-o-p-y spoopy so uh our first spoopy disease um is lycanthropy. Uh, lycanthropy is also the word that you could use to just refer to like the idea of a werewolf, like lichen referring to like wolves and like just the, the cons. Like you could say like in um you know in a world where there where really are werewolves, lycanthropy you mean this is like, world right in the it, of course in the real world where there are werewolves, lycanthropy is like the existence of the the fact that there are werewolves. Um, but it is also in, in reference to a psychiatric disorder, uh, which is basically the delusion that you are like a wolf. Doesn't everyone get that around Halloween? Do you believe you're a wolf? Don't you? No. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't help it. Uh, lycanthropy is, it's related. It can be like part of um, another psychotic disorder, something like schizophrenia, or it can be just a fixed delusion all unto itself that you think you're some kind of beast or animal or creature. And then most famously would be a wolf just in this context. But I mean, it doesn't have to be a wolf. It could be any kind of animal. Um, the, uh, one of the most famous cases that I read about was from 1589. So this is like, and that's why I think this probably perpetuated the werewolf myth, because it's been written about for a really long time. And it's pretty simple to understand why somebody would be confused, because if you have this delusion, then you would go up to someone and say, hi, did you know I'm a werewolf? I do that every day. I'll get to a random person in the hallway at school. Hey, did you know I'm a werewolf? Great. Bye. <laughs> How many of those people do you think, like percentage wise, do you think believe you? Pretty sure about 92%. You know, the other 8% just kind of go, well, third time I've heard that today, just going to keep walking. That's <laughs> just what high school is like now. Um, I would say that in 1589, if you started telling people that you're a werewolf, uh, you may have had a lot, a lot of people, maybe 100% of people who actually, even if they didn't believe you on some level went, well, maybe, I don't know, possibly. I mean, yeah, aren't we all? Perhaps you are. So he, he in his delusion, claimed that he had a, a belt made of wolf skin that, if he wore, would then turn him into a wolf. Sydney, I have one question about this whole thing, and it is where can I get that belt? <laughs> well, I think you have to go to Germany. Can I get it on eBay? You can get everything on eBay, right? Find me this belt right okay. now. Look up Peter Stubbs' wolf skin belt, magical wolf skin belt, as soon as we're done. But he... Um, also claimed, in addition to the, uh, having this belt, he also claimed that he had killed and eaten 
like 25 people. Now, um, the sad part, so this is the sad part. So this isn't funny here. The sad part of this is that, I mean, he, he probably hadn't, right? Like well, this was probably I mean, part yeah. of his delusion is that he probably never did anything wrong. But this was a time before, unfortunately, we didn't understand this kind of thing. So um, he was tortured until he confessed to all the, confessed to all of these probably fictional crimes that he'd committed. He was then beheaded and burned at the stake on Halloween. On Halloween? On Halloween in 1589. The spoopiest of all spoopy. Which sounds like, like this sounds like the beginning of a really scary movie, by the way. It, I bet it is. I I'm bet this the is the beginning of, of a really scary it. movie. This, well, this would belt, be a great, yes. A horror day, Halloween, spoopy extravaganza. But but a really but a really sad story and highlights, you know, a lot of people, Riley, you, you probably don't know this, a lot of people ask us on the show to talk about um, mental illness and psychiatric diseases and we don't very often because um, because a lot of it gets to it's just it's kind of sad and it's like we like to be funny and light and we you know like to poke fun at things and and um, and this of course was is a very sad thing because this guy probably had a you know a psychiatric disease and it wasn't recognized um, and you see a lot of that like people who had these kinds of delusions and especially in the co- the context of like that was something people were afraid of so that may be the way your your delusion manifested something like you're a werewolf or you were a witch um then because people didn't have a good understanding of mental illness then you would have been persecuted as such and there were actually you know you've probably heard about like witches being burned at the stake throughout history yeah do you know a lot of people were for being werewolves Really? Yes. Same idea, though. They were, I mean, they weren't werewolves. They were just people who had uh, some sort of illness that led them to look or act or think or believe they were a werewolf. And But, Sydney, what if they were? What if they were actually werewolves? These people back in the 16th century had cracked the case. They figured it out, but no one believed them because it was the 16th century. And now we're just totally blind to the fact that werewolves do exist. I feel like there's probably like a whole internet group who who would agree with you on this. Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah, back I'm, up this I'm the leader of this internet group. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> another another cause of, um, of some unusual behavior throughout history is uh, ergot poisoning. Um, now, this ergot is a fungus. Um, and it grows on grain and especially like if grains are like, you know, if you harvested a bunch of grain and like put it in a big pile in a silo or whatever, mm-hmm. and then it got damp, that is a perfect setup for growing this fungus. And the problem is that, um, people didn't understand this. So they would use this grain to make bread and they would eat it. Well, that's not good. No, because now you are eating this, this ergot, um, the the Greeks actually understood that there was something special about it because they would um like there were some ceremonies where they would advise you drink a little bit of it before you go visit certain temples. So the Greek people told you, "Hey, drink this mushroom. You're gonna feel great before you go to church." <laughs> More or less, that's what it was. Yes, <laughs> it was a way to you know get you into the right like groove. Get ready to do some praising. And some blazing on this mushroom. <laughs> um, there were two strains. There were two strains. One one strain of this uh, fungus, unfortunately, caused something that was called Saint Anthony's fire. And this was not. This was. This had nothing to do with hallucinations. This was a kind of gangrene where you could like lose your limbs because um, it made your blood vessels constrict, get real tight, and cut off blood flow. Um, and uh, 
And it, the only thing really famous about it is that it was called St. Anthony's Fire because there was a hospital where everybody went to back in the 1100s to get care for it. And it was the patron saint was St. Anthony. Um, but the more famous strain of this caused more of a central nervous system problem. So it would it it would act on your system kind of like a drug that I'm certain you have never heard of, Riley, called LSD. What is it again? LSD. That's good. That's great. You've never heard of LSD. Oh, you mean ecstasy. <laughs> no, it was a little different. But still... Similar idea. It's like something that would make you... Like a designer drug that makes you feel... Um, Ready to know. go to church. Yeah, ready to go to church. It's exactly what LSD does. I don't know. I've never done LSD, full disclosure. I don't know what it does. I mean, I, like right. I know what it does. But seriously, don't tell mom I've done LSD. Okay. <laughs> I really haven't. Um, so this can cause um, like hallucinations. Uh, it can cause you to have like delusions of things like metamorphosis, you know, thinking that you're turning into something else, like another creature. It can also cause some unpleasant things like seizures and vomiting and diarrhea and blindness and deafness. So when unfortunately it can kill you. Um, but this again could be responsible for a lot of werewolf myths or, um, or witches as well. Uh, because a lot of people ate this bread and they would have these hallucinations and whatnot and kind of talk out of their head. And there are some theories that this may be what was responsible for. Have you heard of the Salem witch trials? I have. There's, there's All a, about the witches. Exactly. There's a theory that this is what was going on with those girls that were accused of being witches, that maybe one had, maybe they had poisoning, and so they began to accuse the other one of being it's a witch. It's all connected. <clears throat> the the werewolf disease, they were hallucinating that they were, but really the people who had this mushroom poisoning were hallucinating, hallucinating that other people were, so everyone thought everyone was a werewolf all the time. Everybody was pretty confused for a while. It was a confusing time. It's now to be fair, this has been disputed because um, why why everybody was eating this bread? Um, why did it only affect these young women? I don't know. That seems kind of weird, right? So it could have been something like more of like a mass psychogenic illness, or or just a really awful prank has been suggested. Like they accused this girl of being a witch, and it was just like a really mean thing that some other girls did. That's not even like funny. No, that's just like. Come on. We're all just trying to be cool werewolves together and go to church and feel great. Do LSD. Do LSD. Go to church. Praise it and blaze it. But there is some thought that, that throughout history that because ergot poisoning has been a problem many times throughout the centuries, maybe that's been responsible for some weird behavior that has led people to believe in supernatural type things. I would have to think somewhere along the way that was responsible for some sort of weird thing sometime. It sounds like it, right? Right. Now, um, one disease I'm not really going to go into because we did a whole show about it, but just to mention it is rabies, because I don't think you can talk about like werewolf myths and not mention rabies. Um, again, it's transmitted by the by the bite of a dog, which sounds I mean, right, like it, you become a werewolf by getting bitten right, by a werewolf, right? right? So like, you get bitten by a dog and then you get this awful illness that among other things that it does to you also makes you maybe hallucinate. You may kind of lose control of yourself, bite other people as well. Zombies. Yes, it's, it's also been connected. tied into zombies. It has, it has. So maybe maybe part of the werewolf, werewolf origin story comes from observing people with rabies. I don't know. It fits. Sounds like it could be possible. 
For more on rabies, please listen to the Sawbones episode. Oh, on believe rabies. me, I already have <laughs> for my studies for my podcast class. Good. I'm glad they're teaching you what matters. So, Riley, you probably want to hear about some more spooky diseases. I do. And I'm going to tell you about those right after we visit the billing department. The medicines, the medicines that escalate macabre for the mouth. We have just started rehearsing for the summer theater. That's right. Summer starts in March around these parts. And that means we don't have much time at all in the evenings to make dinner. But we will not be just consuming Wendy's, uh, although there will be some Wendy's consumed, but we are going to have a little extra help with Factor, which delivers ready-to-eat, delicious meals right to your door, and not like junky stuff you get out of the freezer aisle, whatever. This is real, high-quality, chef-crafted stuff that in two minutes you're ready to eat it. I'm talking about some Southwestern-style turkey and mac. I think this week I'm going to be enjoying a shredded chicken taco bowl is 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 part of my plan. Um, but they got like fancy stuff. Listen to this. Where are you going to get this? Truffle butter filet mignon. I mean, seriously? From 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 a, a box pre-prepared? All I got in two minutes? I mean, filet mignon? That sounds delicious. Yeah, it sounds delicious. And you can give these a try. And it's not just these meals. We're talking pancakes, smoothies. They got some great wellness shots that are surprisingly delicious. And the meals you just eat and eat. There's no prepping, cooking, or clean up. Get as much as you need by choosing your meals every week. You're going to get exactly what you want. No surprises here. Uh, and the meals, I can say, are delicious. So what do you got to lose? Head on over to factormeals.com slash sawbones50 and use code sawbones50 to get 50% off. That's code sawbones50 at factormeals.com slash sawbones50 to get 50% off. Sydney, you know how you're always saying that you'd like to build a Justin McRoy fan site full of all your favorite quotes, clips, videos, and hunky pictures of beloved podcaster Justin McRoy? I don't remember. Well, there's that- no need to wait any longer, Sydney, because Squarespace is going to make it easier than you could possibly believe to make a website uh, all about your favorite hunky podcasting superstar. I don't think I was going Squarespace, to— Squarespace, what is it? It's a tool—think of it as— the palette, the palette of a web design artist. But you don't have to be a web design artist. You could just take stuff off the palette that is created by real people that know what they're really doing and put it from the palette onto the easel. The metaphor is broken down. Basically, you're going to be able to create great-looking websites that have fantastic customer support and help you unlock your creativity and do whatever you want to with your small business or podcaster obsession. You can sell products. You can uh, post your videos. You can share your stories about how Justin has shaped your life and is also a fantastic father. Folks, you got to stop waiting to make your Justin McElroy fan site. Go to squarespace.com slash sawbones for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch your Justin McElroy fan site, use offer code sawbones to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. So, Riley, mm-hmm. I want to tell you about porphyria. About what? Porphyria is a disorder that comes from the Greek word for purple. I like purple. I know. Purple was your nickname, right? A little bit. Back in back in your tennis days? Back in them days. How did you get the nickname purple, by the way? It was around a very spoopy time of year that's coming up on us quite fast. It was around Halloween. 
Uh, and I went to my first tennis practice wearing an entire purple tracksuit. <laughs> and my tennis coach called me the one-eyed, one-horned, flying purple people eater. And then to shorten it, it was just purple. So he really did you a favor and like made you popular among the other kids with that nickname. So huh? popular. <laughs> it's like, oh, you're purple? What does that stand for? Oh, you're a monster with one eye and a horn? Okay, bye. <laughs> so um, so maybe instead we can call you Porphyria? I think that's kind of a mouthful. I think it is. It, it's also a, a disease. So like a disorder. So probably not. not. A disease, a disorder. Uh, it is a genetic disorder in which you can't uh, properly make something called heme. Now, you need heme. It's part of hemoglobin. You've probably heard of that. You need heme. You need heme for your hemoglobin. Uh, we don't really say it that way. It's just hemoglobin. Just I was highlighting the word heme. Trying to sound hip. Oh, I didn't want you to think we. I, I actually say hemoglobin. Hemoglobin. <laughs> um, hemoglobin, of course, is the part of your red blood cell that carries oxygen. So it's... I mean, pretty, pretty important. I mean, if we didn't have them, we would just all be vampires. Well, we're getting there. Don't get ahead of yourself. Sorry. <laughs> um, there are a bunch of different steps in it. There's a pathway. Your body has a lot of different pathways that it goes through to make different substances that you need, right? And there are a bunch of steps in the pathway to create heme. And porphyria actually refers to a kind of a, a constellation of different disorders um, that all result from different errors in that pathway. So it depends on where the problem is, kind of what step uh, that that shows how this disease might manifest in a different patient. And some types are more common than others. Um, but in general, the idea is that you don't make enough of the heme that you need to create the hemoglobin molecule to carry oxygen to your body, which is a problem because you don't have that. But then the other thing is that all the stuff, uh, because it doesn't, because your pathway doesn't work, there are byproducts that build up. Oh, no. Does that make sense? So, like, you're making something, and you, it turns into one thing, and then you've got to add something else to it to turn into something else, and you got to add something else to it to make it something else. Well, somewhere along that chain, it gets stopped, and it just keeps accumulating that thing where it got stopped. Okay. And you don't want all of that toxic byproduct. You need yeah. to break it down, and you can't. So that then you get sick. Good. Yep. You get sick in a variety of ways. Now, Riley, I know I had asked you this earlier. You did not watch a lot of Scrubs. I didn't. Scrubs is one of my favorite medical TV shows. I've mentioned this on the show before, and I think it's one of the most realistic as well. And for all of you Scrubs fans out there, this is the thing where JD and Turk had the urine sample and they were supposed to figure out what was wrong with the patient and they accidentally left it outside in the sunlight and it turned purple. And so then they Googled purple pee and they diagnosed the patient. I've never seen that show before in my life. I guarantee there are uh, there are at least ten people right now who are like, "Oh, I know what they're I know what she's talking about." And I promise, I'm not one of them. Okay, well, th they matter more than you right now. Well, okay. How do you like that? Bye, everybody. <laughs> so yes, that is one of the interesting. Uh, th this is true about porphyria. That is one of the kind of the interesting facets about it is that y your urine will turn like a purplish color in the in uv light in the sunlight that seems like during the halloween season that would be kind of a cool thing to do well i <laughs> i will tell you that i di i diagnosed this once as a resident 
And I took the, I was very excited when I took the urine sample and ran out front of the hospital and stood at the entrance to the hospital holding this cup of pee up to the sun. And that was the moment that everyone around Sydney realized how cool she was. (laughs) I took it, it turned a little purple that day. I took it home and put it in my windowsill. Poor Justin had to deal with it. You took a person's pee home? I just, it was better. I was learning. (laughs) Okay. All right. It, I brought it back to show did how purple you, it got. Did I just, did to like, show replace it with lemonade to show how purple it got. It I'm got sure really purple. All your your cool doctor friends were like, "Oh my God, Sydney got to take home the pee." <laughs> no, actually, everybody kind of made fun of me for it. Well, uh... um, and and this is okay. This is okay to joke about because this is very treatable now. Now, thank goodness we have we have treatments for this condition. As you can imagine, for a long time, we had no idea what was happening to people unlucky enough to have this, um, because you really have to understand the complex physiology to to understand this disorder. Now, we knew that there was something that was like a collection. We used to call it like a blood liver disorder, um, dating back to Hippocrates, who described this without knowing what was causing it. Um, that wasn't until like the mid to late 1800s that we started understanding hemoglobin. And then after that, that we were able to actually like you know, define the illness. Um, famously, uh, King George III had it, who uh, was occasionally, I think, known as like the Mad King, because it can create, among other, like many, many different symptoms of this, it can create some um, hallucinations and delusions and kind of periods of time where where you are not yourself, um, like psychosis. So um, it's all cycling back to the werewolves. Exactly. And actually, we're going to get into a little bit of, of vampire mythology here, too. Um, it's also been suggested, by the way, that maybe Van Gogh had this. So this is why there's a whole episode about Doctor Who about Vincent Van Gogh is because he had this. Well, sort of. Yeah. I get it now. That's one of the best episodes of Doctor Go Who. Go watch it right now. Please pause this episode of Sawbones. Yes. Go watch that episode and come back and talk to me once you've watched Vincent. it. Vincent. Go watch the episode of Doctor Who, Vincent. It is. It's amazing. Yeah. I would highly recommend it. Um in addition to some some psychiatric problems and central nervous system problems, it can cause a lot of strange symptoms. You can be really sensitive to sunlight. Vampires. You can in you can get these blisters on your skin, and as they heal, they grow extra hair. Werewolves. Uh, you can get other changes in your skin, like sores or discoloration, um, or specifically like the skin around your mouth can stretch away and even your gums can recede, which will make your teeth appear much more prominent. So this is also zombies, this is also werewolves, and this is also vampires. It can, Well, and yeah, because it can reveal like your incisors more. Mm-hmm. Um, you, can, you can lose uh, parts of your body, your nose, your ears, your eyelids, your fingers. Um, and, and patients with this may have a little bit of increased sensitivity to foods with a lot of sulfur in them. For example, garlic, you got it. Vampires, boom, case cracked. So there's been a lot of, of people who like to think about such things who've suggested that maybe this is the root of, of not the, not the root, but come, you know, like contributes to both vampire and werewolf mythology. It's like a two in one deal. Yeah. Because you've got a couple different, you know, people who would suffer from this um, may, you know, unfortunately, um, and not so much now again, because it's treatable, but back before we understood it, take on kind of an otherworldly appearance after a while from, you know, the different the different manifestations. And so um, maybe this was part of why, why we had these kinds of strange mythologies. And that's why we have 
Edward and Jacob, so you're all welcome. That's it. They just both have porphyria. Right. We can treat that. Like, they can, I mean, if they want to call me. But we don't want to anymore. But let me tell you, if Jacob wants to call me, he can call me anytime. Listen, Justin's not on this show right now. All I'm saying is. I'm only offended because I'm team Edward. (laughs) What? Are you kidding me? Sydney, we've had this conversation before. If that cute werewolf wants to come running over here. I have a 38-page ju- <laughs> document that is an argumentative <laughs> essay on my computer right now that is explaining why Edward is better than Jacob Are in 38 different ways. Are you kidding me when he's running around with just his jeans on and his shirt Sydney. off and Sydney. he's all outdoorsy? He smells like the woods? This is not the time to have this conversation. Okay. I just can't. Okay. We'll get into this later. Our last, our last disorder that I want to talk about is extremely rare, but probably very obviously when I tell you about it, um, contributed to the werewolf myth throughout throughout history. It's called congenital hypertrichosis universalis. Say that in human, please. Uh, it's also known as human werewolf syndrome. Okay, so werewolves. Um, this is, again, this is a very rare disorder where you just, I mean, you basically grow a lot of hair everywhere. Um, you can have it like a localized. Um, manifestation of it so you just have a lot of hair in one one or two places or you can just have it everywhere you're just even your face like just so everywhere this is also where like bigfoot came from you know that's really interesting maybe maybe any any it's kind just of a guy who had this disease with really big feet maybe because we've known about this for a really long time people have um when you think about like people who were were like sideshow performers like uh, Jojo the dog face man, Lionel the lion face man, the wolf man, the bearded woman. They may have all, I mean, depending on which sideshow, which person, they may have been suffering from this. We have documented cases of all of those people having this disorder. Well, that's not very funny. No. Well, no. It's supposed to be comedy, Sydney. Well, sorry. The first known case, by the way, that we know of, of this dates back to 1648, uh, Petrus Gonsalves of the Canary Islands. Um, and the only thing that's, I think, inter- interesting about that is if you look at, like, you can Google him because there are, like, family portraits because several other people in his family had this. And they're these very, like, you know, those, like, old, like, really stoic-looking portraits of people. I know exactly what you're talking about. Where they're looking just really serious and they're, like they're dressed old, old like... portraits ever. Yes, and they're dressed like very, you know, very fancy. Yeah, very fancy, and they're just kind of standing. And you know, they must have stood there for like ever. Well, and you know, those are also the kind of portraits I have to loop this back to Halloween somehow that are always in haunted houses. Yes, and like the eyes are cut out, and the eyes are watching you. Right, like in the haunted mansion right at Disney, or Scooby Doo, or Scooby Doo. <laughs> it there's a portrait of him, like just like this, that you can find, except that he's you know unfortunately covered in hair maybe that's bigfoot maybe it's just a portrait of bigfoot he got so embarrassed (laughs) he ran out in the woods and now he lives forever it's definitely petrus but it's an interesting point that you bring up that he that maybe this also contributes to the myth of bigfoot although i feel like as i'm saying this there are probably people listening at home going bigfoot is not a myth bigfoot is real it's not a myth i think you just believe in all of this stuff of course it's halloween (laughs) well Riley, have I satisfied your need for some for some spoopy content? Even though spoopy month of the year doesn't start for about another two hours, I'm already feeling pretty spoopy. Well, good. Well, good. I, I, I think it's interesting to talk about, you know, of course, like I said, not these things aren't 
These things aren't funny in the sense that we think of funny. Luckily, a lot of these things are treatable now. Right. Um, and certainly we have a better understanding of things like psychiatric disorders. Um, but it's interesting to think about how these different things that we didn't understand throughout history may have contributed to the movies the that, we, that we love and will be watching for the next 31 days. I'm ready. Right? Are you ready? I'm so ready. Uh, thank you to the taxpayers for letting us use their song Medicines for our intro. Uh, thank you, Riley. You're welcome. For joining me. On um, this spoopy, spoopy episode of Sawbones. <laughs> I really enjoyed sharing Take Your Podcaster to Work Day with you. Happy Halloween, everybody. <laughs> um, we hope you have a very uh, spoopy October. Justin will be back, um, much to your uh, pleasure or chagrin. Unless something spoopy happens to him. <laughs> Unless Riley decides to kill him because she's enjoying this so much. Um Justin will be back with us next week. Um, in the meantime, thank you guys so much for listening. We'll we'll see you next week. So until then, uh, I'm Sydney McRoy. And I'm Royalist Merle. And don't drill a hole in your head. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.